Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day. So much I wanna do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Hi, welcome back to another conversation with Anna. Today I have a mom from the bus stop. Okay, Cheryl's a little more than that, but that's how I met her. In our old neighborhood, we had, I don't know, like 30 kids um, for the elementary bus stop. It was kind of crazy. And Cheryl Burke was just this amazingly sweet, constantly upbeat, positive um, mom, which I don't know if you know much about bus stop moms, but that's rare. And always in a good mood, always very attentive to her daughter. Those things that us mama bears look for when you see a try or, you know, like you see congregations of other moms, like you're looking for that one. And Cheryl and I always just had really positive, upbeat interactions. She and her family love to travel. They're raising an only child like I am. Um, I guess my husband, we are, (laughs) and her husband was, he was in the middle of finishing up a terminal degree. So we kind of bonded on several things and she's just one of those people that always makes you very happy. Well, fast forward a few years and I notice that she has completed, um, coaching certification and has started her own coaching, um, life coaching, which I think is fantastic. And I kept seeing her content and, you know, we're Facebook friends. We keep in touch, like LinkedIn, those types of things. And I just kept thinking, man, this is so cool. And I was creeping on her LinkedIn and I realized she has a degree in psychology and sociology. And I just know from all of her experiences in life and kind of where she was, that this would be a really good conversation. And I have to tell you, I had great expectations going in because I know Cheryl's fantastic, but man, did this whole conversation blow me away. This is so much more for you than I had originally intended. And I'm super pumped about it because Cheryl not only kind of sets some expectations for you in terms of what is life coaching? How is that different than career coaching? How is that all different than therapy? What should you be looking for? What is that relationship? Is it short term? Is it long term? She answers questions you did not even know you had. And it is my intense pleasure to present to you this conversation that I had with Cheryl Burke. So this is so funny, because when 
we moved like you were still at the church and your husband was just like killing himself to finish his degree and everything he was he was yeah and then i watched you guys travel and i was mm-hmm. like look at them and then mm-hmm. you pivoted to this and i was like this is so cool because i think deep down people constantly tell me you should be a coach and i deep down i'm like i just don't like i think some people are super like perfect for that mm-hmm. i don't think i'm one of them <laughs> Well, and it's important that you know who you are. Yes. You know, yes. people can say, I see that in you, but if it doesn't light you up, then no. No. Because and if it's not for you. Yeah. And I have, I've always loved assessments and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I constantly am, I think when you, as you get older oh, and yeah. you've had some like, you know, and it's so cool now to like, look back on my life and be like, okay. So this is why I lasted 10 years at Walmart. This is mm-hmm. why that carrot kept tasting good. And like that whole hamster wheel was cool. And then this is why I loved teaching at this level, but this is why it wore on me. And I went to this level or the, you know, like I can trace all of that now. Sure. And I think that's why I have a passion for like young people is because they don't have that yet. No. Mm-mm. And then I'm looking at these helicopter parents and I'm looking at all this other stuff. And yeah, I, I don't, I just feel like I'm so much better with like the talking and the storytelling and mm-hmm. the like whack-a-mole pop up, be here for a minute and go. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it, that's great. I mean, you know what you love, yeah, you know what works for you. It's just so funny when people are, because I have another friend who she's like, everybody keeps telling me I should be a life coach. And I'm like, just your face when you say that tells me you should not be a life yeah. coach. <laughs> if you don't want to do it. You know, and that's okay. And that's one of the things that I love about being a coach because everybody's different. Everybody's unique. And I love that. So So, I get to walk with people on their stories and their lives. And like, super cool. Like standing up in front of a classroom. No, thank you. Right. But you know, walking (laughs) with people, um, one-on-one or in like a small group setting, I'm, I'm there for. So is this something you always wanted to do? It's actually, I didn't even really know what a coach was five years ago. Um, it was, it was something that had come up regularly and looking back, I've actually always been a coach. It's just never been my title. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I just never got paid for it, but I've always been a coach in every single job I've had now that I know more about it and right. about the last, I don't know five or six years, I kept hearing about coaching coming up. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't know what that is. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sounds and, like you know what they say, you know, it start, they'll start out, you know, the universe will start throwing pebbles at mm-hmm. you. And eventually it'll start throwing bricks. Well, yeah. it started throwing bricks. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go get a coach and explore this. And I mean, oh, I was yeah. three sessions in and I was sold. Well, I was digging around on your LinkedIn because other than being your mm-hmm. neighbor and knowing that yeah. you are like, fun and cool and you love to travel and you have an amazing family. (laughs) It's like, I don't know that much about Cheryl. So I went and I'm like, okay, this makes so much sense. So your undergrad was in psychology and sociology, which by the way, I have to tell you my favorite thing about being a marketer is that sociological aspect and like Mm -hmm. that whole part of that. So I love that. And then you worked as a project manager and I'm like, these two things together make you such a good coach. I think like just predisposed to it, not to mention 
your probably your faith and your experiences and just mm-hmm. some life um, under your belt for the most part. But that is so great. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's it's been fun. It's I'm all I've always been that person that everyone tells all their stuff to. I mean, like last week at Target, I was in line talking to the guy for 10 minutes because he wanted to tell me his life story. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't mind. But the lady behind me might. Right. But I mean, everybody like I'm on a plane. I'm talking to the barista. I, you know, I coached a banker for an hour. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, let's just talk about this. It's almost like when you go to Target and you're wearing the red shirt, everybody asks you where stuff is. You're just wearing some sort of like, you know, heart or something out there. That's so good though. But doesn't it it feel good? It feels good to take what you were already doing and what already comes naturally to you and then making that your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love it. I love it. I I've told, I've told some of my friends that I basically get to believe in people for a living, (gasps) which I love. Well, I absolutely love Once you've had a little taste of that for yourself, like that Mm -hmm. real sense of like, authentic purpose being lived out, then you want to just spread that stuff all over everyone. (laughs) Tag, come over here and get some of this. It's so good. Like, yeah, I feel the exact same way. And I, and again, I think that, and that's one of the reasons I want to have this conversation with you is because I want more people. There's, there's certain things I think that we shy away from, because again, like you said, we don't know what they are. Therapy, I think, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting to get a little bit more mainstream about our mental health. But I think coaching is another. I think people just do not understand. They feel like it's some sign of weakness or they don't fully understand like all the true benefits of it, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, it's crazy because the number of times people go through it and then have that moment, like, why did I wait so long for that? Mm-hmm. But, and again, I, have enjoyed the content that you put out. Like, I mean, I see pop up now and then on Pinterest and different, and I'm like, her stuff is so good. Like I, as a marketer, I'm just like, this is so fantastic. But I think the reason that I was like, okay, Cheryl and I need to have a podcast is like on your website, where you're talking about a lot of people aren't leading the lives they love. They're leading the lives they've been told they want. I mean, that mm-hmm. like takes my breath away because that is absolutely positively so true. And I think it starts with kids Mm -hmm. and the fact that there's no exploration in school anymore. And we're just not being taught exploration and Mm -hmm. discovery and imagination and thinking about those things. So what is it that you feel like if you could talk to a room of people um, about that sentence, like how does coaching like, how does it lead you through in your mind to get to that place where you're like, okay, I'm ready to make this change. I'm confident that what I'm doing is not right. Um, like, how, what, talk to me about that journey for people that don't maybe understand or have never had one. Well, the the um, background behind that sentence is really the the messages that we get from society. Grow up, do well in school, go to college, get a job buy a house, have the 2.1 kids and the dog. And that's fine for some people. But a lot of people, especially around here, um, I'm noticing, and I'm noticing nationwide, worldwide, actually, that they are not happy. I have literally done every single thing I was told to do, and I'm not happy. So there's something wrong with me. Right, because there's they nothing get the wrong job. with them. 
Right. Well, that's the thing. And I've said this on the podcast a lot. Like the fact that I learned that 28% of the United States workforce would label themselves as engaged and that's it. Like mm-hmm. 28%, and I'm not sure what that stat is today, but feel valued at work. They feel like they're contributing and that they're understood and that they're in the right role. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was so mad at corporate America. I'm like, why are you not taking care of these people? And then I realized just what you just said. They did all the shoulds, right? They, mm-hmm. they checked all the boxes and they took that job that they thought they wanted or for the safe bet or the first company that offered it to them. And that is not the life they're supposed to be living. No, it's not. And so the difference that coaching makes is you start to, people are asked usually for the first time in their lives to consider who they truly believe themselves to be and what they really want. So I think that's the most important, like I see people that can't fill out the about section on LinkedIn. (laughs) I see people that want to look at other people's resumes to figure out how to write theirs. Mm -hmm. I've had adults say to me, I know this is my personal brand um, narrative, but can I look at someone else's so I can tell what I'm supposed to be doing? (laughs) How do you think that by the time people have gotten to you and are say, I'm ready for this, that that step is any less daunting or is it still one of the hardest things? Oh, that's, that's what brings people to me. Yeah. That's what brings people to me. They're like, something's wrong. Something's missing. I don't know exactly what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. And the purpose of the coaching that I do is really to delve into who they think they are, where those beliefs came from, why they hold them, whether or not they are serving them. Because quite frankly, everything we do serves us in some way. Whether it's actually helpful is an entirely different story. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, that's that's a powerful statement right there, because that is so true. And I would think that sometimes, like I sent somebody to you because mm-hmm. of a what? Like, I can't get a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you need to go, like, what kind of jobs are you applying for? What do you, you know, I asked all my typical educator questions. And I was like, I really think, because when the answers to all those things are, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And which I love that that was the answer because that is super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But that means you don't know how you're wired. That means you don't know yourself. That means you don't know where to even start looking. And that's important. But I do, I think we have just never, and, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast. I think we're so truly bad at really getting to know ourselves and having like self-awareness, self-acceptance, loving ourselves and really thinking like, I deserve this coaching session. I deserve to learn about myself and I deserve a better life. And we are bad at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We spend so much time on the how to do Uh, things. We don't bother with the why. And we don't bother. We've never been taught to figure out the why or really to figure out the who. Right. Um, and it's it's that it's that part that is so important because I, I tell people I can move you into action all day long. We can come up with a plan. I mean, you, you said just a little bit ago, I spent several years of my career as a project manager. I can make this happen for you. But if we don't change what's going on inside somebody and who they believe they are and how they show up in the world... Um, then when we're no longer working together as a coach and a client, that starts to to dissipate. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's it's important that people learn really how to stand in their own power 
stand on their own two feet and know how to say, this is who I am. This is what works for me. And this is what I'm going to do in the world. And that should be what we're doing to young people. Yeah. And it's not. No. So by the time an adult person who may be a parent <laughs> is struggling with this on their own, like, where do you start? Like, what is, when I come to you, what do we do? Talk us through what a coaching process might look like. Um, the, so the coaching pro- process is really unique because it is tailored to every person. Good. I love that. One of the things that I do is um, I do have all of my clients go through the energy leadership index assessment. And that's a, a proprietary um, attitudinal assessment. So it's not a personality test. It's right. an attitudinal assessment. It's like a pinpoint in time. And we figure out what people are doing that's working for them and what people are doing that's maybe not. And that sets the foundation for the rest of the coaching um, experience. And I think the difference between personality assessments and real true psychological assessments is so important. And I do talk about assessments and I I am other than like the BuzzFeed ones. I love them all because I just think it gives you a starting point and it gives you the new lens of how to maybe identify your, your habits or identify things about yourself, but they by no means, and I try and stress that all the time, they are by no means like the end of those assessments. So I, I love the fact that you start there Mm -hmm. to have like a common ground Mm -hmm. somebody to say, Hey, look, this is where, you know, what's your added, the attitudinal part, I think is great too. So how do you find like are people fairly aware or do they get some of those responses on a on an average um not that the, anybody's average coaching session i guess but typically do you find that people like you find them reluctantly nodding like yeah i've known that it's just not something i've addressed or something i've put you know in front of myself to kind of deal with or are people sometimes surprised with what comes back on their assessment Well, the responses run the gamut, but the one that I get the most often is, so you have a camera in my office because how do you know this about me? (laughs) And really what it is, is it's a great assessment. I've been (laughs) well-trained and I, I rely on my own research background, my own gifts of intuition to figure it out. And then I present it to, to my client and then they can take it or leave it. I'm not tied to whether or not they they are buying into what's going on. Right. The purpose of it is to give them some insight, let them decide what they want to do with that. And a lot of times what it happens is they identify the things that maybe they we would usually call them their blind spots, things that they didn't realize they were doing mm-hmm. that are actually tripping them up in many places. Oh yeah. So that's and that's what they choose to coach on. I mean, people come to me for different um, um, different topics, usually um, confidence or major life change or things like that. Um, it's it's interesting to see how they respond. Right. It's interesting to see how I would think. Respond. Well, and then I love that you call this like life coaching, not mm-hmm. necessarily career coaching, right? Because I don't think that you can manipulate or move around or focus necessarily on one area. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple of podcasts 
episodes recently about like you can't compartmentalize necessarily if you're being really true and living an authentic life you can't be you know professional sally at work and wear that persona and then come home and be like you that's just too much extra energy and it's too much living in authentic the inauthentic life that I think that that's so important that I love that you mentioned sometimes they come to you for confidence reasons or sometimes they come to you you know for whatever it might be it's not it does not have to be career coaching um, which I think is another term that gets thrown around um, even starting at high school and then at the colleges if you know you've got a career center and you've career 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 and that's you know, what everybody tends to focus on because I think everything else is going to fall into place, but that's, I love that. So career coaching is like most people associate career coaching with what is actually career counseling. mm -hmm. Give me a different kind of assessment and tell me what it is I should be when I grow up. My what? Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. (laughs) And there's a place for that. And if that's what people want, that's okay. But that's not at all what I do. Right. Oh, no. And those, again, are going to be, you're addressing symptoms, not mm-hmm. not the whole, you know, um, course of change that you probably need in your life. Absolutely. So then from that assessment, conversations start, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're individual and unique to each person. And basically what we do is we figure out, okay, so what of this conversation, this initial conversation really resonated with you. What do you want to work on first? What is it that, you know, surprised you the most or what, what came up for you? And then we go from there and some people are really structured and what they want is let's sit down and figure out exactly what my coaching journey is going to look like. And other people are like, I'm just going to come in and we're going to figure it out week by week. And quite frankly, that's always an option because you can have a set Mm -hmm. schedule and then something happens two hours before your your session and you're thinking, this is what I need to talk about. This is what's going on in my life. It's the most important thing. So those those conversations are basically what we do in most of them um, through the course of the whole whole, uh, relationship is we delve into the messages that people have internalized. Um, sometimes we delve into why they they hold them, mm-hmm. how a lot of the messages that people have internal, internalized are there to protect them from something. Um, frequently they come from childhood. Now this isn't therapy. We right. basically, we stay in the present. We dip into the back into the past just a little bit. Which is important. I think it's so important. Yeah. Why, how it's, how it's, um, playing into the present. But most of the time people find that the things that they, that they believe about themselves, the things that are holding them back are really no longer true. Yeah. It's not, you don't need to protect yourself from X, Y, Z anymore because that's no longer your reality. Right. But it's hard if you aren't aware, like if you don't know, that's the lens you're looking at everything. I think it's really hard to even be, fully aware that that's what you're doing. Um, And I would imagine this is a little bit like therapy in the fact that you think you're going for one thing, (laughs) at least has been my experience, like this and that is a problem, or this is causing me friction in my life. I need to talk about this. And then you get like two sessions in and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Wait a minute here. (laughs) 
That is regularly the case. That is regularly the case. Listen, I have this one thing that I want to work on. And and that's what I get. I have this one thing that I want to work on. And we do, we work on it. But right. we work on it in a way that people have rarely, have usually never worked on it mm-hmm. to go into the roots of it. Um, what I do is I coach from the inside out. I love that. Yeah. So, if we can, if we can figure out what's going on inside, how your thoughts and your feelings are informing your actions, then you can decide where you want to make the changes. I think that's so valuable because we put ourselves on the back burner all the time. And I've said a ton of times um, into this microphone right here, if you would try, if you would care for yourself and talk to yourself and value yourself, even like you do your own best friend, how different it would be. So I think this investment in yourself and that figuring it out from the outside or from the inside out is so important because I think that's, if you get too caught up in like your current situation or your current job, trying to fix whatever that is. And in many ways I have looked at this pandemic, like this is a time for everyone to just kind of sit with themselves and I, I try really hard to remind people about circle of influence, circle of control, like things that are happening in the world that are most likely going to have your attention right now are so far outside of your control and trying to just help people figure that out. But in many ways, I think with the economy and the uncertainty and everything else, I think people are sometimes grasping harder to like, I have to work harder to keep this job or I can't, you know, this is not a time for a career change. or This is not time for me to be getting crazy and thinking about myself. (laughs) So I guess it's just like anything else, pandemic or not, it's a very individualized journey and people have to determine for for themselves when they're ready. But I think this is why it's really important to me to talk to people like you, for people to understand that this is so not intimidating. It is so individualized and it is so structured around what it is that each individual person needs. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the crux of, of coaching. And that's why the industry exists. Um, it's It's not therapy, but it's also not mentorship. It's not consulting. Right. So it's not all those flashy things you see on uh, Instagram that are trying to tell you to stay up late and grind and hustle and, you know, get rich overnight. Like those, those, when those folks call themselves coaches, I always get like woozy. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do too. <laughs> We're like, okay, um, go ahead. Cause we yeah. can't stop you, but it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not the kind of coaching that really, that really helps people that really does um, help people, like I said before, stand on their own two feet and, mm-hmm. and know who they are. And as you mentioned before, this is a time when people are, people in general have a tendency to put themselves on the back burner and I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve, I'm going to do, I'm going to mm-hmm. serve without realizing how important it is to take care of themselves as well. And, and the analogy I use all the time, not that we get to do it right now, is the oxygen mask on the, on the plane. Right. You got to put your oxygen mask on first. Otherwise you are incapable of helping anybody else. Right. Yes. I love that. That's what this whole thing is, is to help people understand how to care for themselves and how to set up their lives in a way so that they can do the things that are important to them. Mm -hmm. If you want to serve and serve and serve, then fine. But there's, there has to be a balance. There's, you know, compassion fatigue is a thing. Burnout is a thing. Right. And there's, I'm seeing a lot of that. Well, in losing yourself 
in the service of others yes. is a thing. Yes. <laughs> there is a lot, a, a lot wrapped up in the people that are so busy they can't sit still. Um, and there are people out there who are really good at having good positive energy that way and are dynamos. But there are people out there that have a ton of nervous energy and are suppressing so much through their busyness that they're the ones that, and, and again, you can say all day, like, have you talked to anybody? Have you done this or have you done that? And those are typically the people that are just unaware of how helpful it can be or unsure. And they're just not, they don't think they're worth it sometimes, which is, I think some of the worst, you know, heartache I feel because. Yeah. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And there's a lot of people who keep themselves super busy. So they don't have to face the stuff that they, that they feel is in the background. It's, it's a way of pushing it down Mm -hmm. and not dealing with it. Oh, you could be so successful and so miserable. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And oh, it, yeah. it just, and you'll never, yeah, it, there's such imbalance there that it it's sometimes, and again, I think like you and I are at a place where we are like, t- we've taken that deep breath. Mm-hmm. We're very authentic. We're very much in tune to like people's vibes and what they're, you know, and I, this is the other thing I say a lot, like when you finally figure this stuff out for yourself and you get to the point where you're really living your truth you attract those people mm-hmm. and you look at those other people and you're like, Oh no, like, Oh no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And it is so important. So important because once you start to make a change in one area of your life, it's, it's and that's why I imagine the coaching comes in handy because I would think like, and I know this has been a process for me over several years. And again, I did not even realize it when I was going through it as much as when I turned around and watched like the reels of it, like the historical mm-hmm. moments and thought, okay, that's why that happened. That's why I had to move on from that friendship. That's why these people like, you know, are my tribe now or this, because you do have to make evolutions. You do have to mm-hmm. make sure all parts of your life kind of support what it is that you have found is your truth. So I would imagine, you know, once you have a coach that you have worked with and that resonates with you, I know I have a friend who uh, has had an incredibly successful career. She has a wonderful marriage. She's a great friend. Um, She's a little older than me and still deals with stuff from her childhood still. And we'll talk about it openly, but it's like, I probably need to run this by my life coach. And she's had the same life coach, I think for 15 years, but like when things kind of get a little bit sideways, that's who she trusts. That's a voice that she trusts. Mm -hmm. And she values that relationship so much. So is that a, a, a solid expectation coming in sometimes that this relationship with your life coach doesn't have to be like, I just want to fix this. And then when we're done, high five, thanks. (laughs) Like that person can be, um, a resource for you for an extended period of time. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, some, some people come for coaching and it is one thing and it is short term and it's usually three months or so. Mm-hmm. And then some people come and it's years right? because your coach is trained to ask you questions you've likely never been asked and to provide and create a safe space where you literally can say anything with no judgment it is a time for you to tap into your authentic self and to be really truly who you are to explore 
how that how that's playing out and what what about that is working and what what you might want to change it's it's really it's all about choice that's what the if the people remember nothing else from this mm-hmm. it's that it's about choice well i would think you 3 months would have to be like bare minimum for mm-hmm. someone oh, yeah. to trust <laughs> and to really feel comfortable kind of ex- like opening themselves up because we have pe- i mean i know people that don't even do that with their spouse <laughs> <laughs> or do that with anybody, you know, like I would think that that, that is a great expectation. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's important for people to know that, you know, the minimum in order for you to really do the good work that you want to do with yourself, mm-hmm. you have to have a good foundation with the coach and for yourself and get yourself into some sort of momentum. Um, so, yeah, I love, I love that because I can imagine how hard those first few sessions are in terms of developing trust, building trust, getting to know one another, and just giving that person the safe place to, to open up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that, that's one of the reasons why I do the assessment early on. It gives us a common language and it helps build trust. Have you done it like person in person in person, like meet at the Starbucks or whatever? A little bit. I, I tend, I mean, if, if that's really what somebody wants to do, then absolutely. Yeah. But since it's supposed to be a confidential space, right? I don't love that option. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine to coach anywhere. Right. But I want somebody to be able to feel comfortable opening up right, and saying what they need to say without fear that somebody they don't know is going to hear what they're saying. So, you know, it could be, right. you could get back to somebody that's, you know, that's, because of the kind of coaching that I do, I feel it's best to be in a, in a more private setting. Right. Um, but again, it's up to the, it's up to the client. They're always in a position of choice. And well, and I feel like when we're vulnerable, our emotions are really high strung. So I would imagine you've got people like crying and then I, they're mad that they're crying. And you'd be even worse if you were doing yeah. it at the Starbucks where everybody's like, why is she crying? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's exactly what happens. They cry and then they're mad that they're crying or they're surprised. <laughs> Like, right. why, why am I crying exactly? Well, something came up. There's a release happening. Yeah. So there's a release. So what's going, what's going on? What's coming up? Um, and, and then why, people, why the shame? Cause I can tell you for a good portion of my early career, there was no crying at work. You know, that was just such a horrible thing. Now I cry at commercials and yeah, <laughs> and songs and, and what, I cry all the time. I'm like, Oh, this is good. <laughs> Exactly. Well, what I usually say is, well, you're a human and humans have emotions. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) Go ahead. Have your emotions. They're all here to teach us something. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, let's figure out what you're angry about. If you're crying, let's figure out what you're crying about. See, okay. Heart lit up. Now this feels like therapy. Talk to me about the differences. Well, therapy, there are quite quite a few, actually. Um, Therapy has a tendency to stay in the past. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Therapists are also able to ge- generally, they're able to diagnose psychological um, disorders. Gotcha. Um, and when people see that I have a psych degree, they wonder if I can do that. The answer is no, no. I cannot. I sometimes can identify things and say, I- I'm hearing some things that are making me think that you might also like to partner with a therapist there are some things that um, really do need to be handled by a therapist because and is that very different. Is that maybe sometimes when somebody's um, dealing with so much from their past, 
that yeah, a lot of it, tra- if it's trauma, trauma. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of times when coaches and therapists work kind of side by side. You know, you see your therapist once a week, you talk to your coach once, and and those conversations can inform them, inform each other. But usually, the person who informs either the coach or the therapist about what's happening at the other session is the client. Right. Well, yeah, we usually talk and say, okay, so this is what's going on because we're both, we all have these confidentiality. Yeah. Well, and you're working Um, on different things. Like it's, I mean, there's a thread there, but it really does need to be the client that kind of weaves that together. Absolutely. And it's the, it's way more powerful if it is the client. But I would think if people have either fears or they don't know where to start, I feel like coaching would be a better starting point, especially with somebody with your background and credentials and experience to say, oh, yeah, this is we got this. Like, we just need to work through X, Y and Z and have, you know, little different mindset and kind of transform that situation. But I would think it would be very good to start work with a coach like you and then think, okay, maybe I do need some therapy now, you know, or as a result of what I'm learning, I probably need some therapy. I think that is, that's healthy. That feels really healthy. It is. It's a good entry point to, it's time to work on me. I don't necessarily know exactly what that looks like, but a coach is is a great place to start with that work. And most of the time, people don't end up also then um, going to therapy. Sometimes they do. Some people really do benefit from therapy. Um, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Most of my clients don't usually go to therapy, um, either alongside or afterwards. But that's based upon who my clients tend to be. Right. Um, if there are different, there are coaches in different, in different niches that, that do have more clients that would, um, that would go to therapy. So it, it all depends on each individual person's situation. Well, and I would imagine if you're seeking help and you know, you've had something in your life that probably Mm -hmm. needs a different level of engagement, then that's probably where somebody would go to therapy. Okay. So now I have a kind of a personal question. You can wave it off if you don't want to, but how has, cause I, I, even being a college professor, I'm looking at my son's like education development, high school experience. I'm looking at all these things differently. I can only imagine from a coaching standpoint, like how has this transformed your parenting? Or has it? It, I'm what's interesting is, killing it before. <laughs> it's it's informed my parenting. What I found is since I've long been a student of people, I've, I mean, I've, I've spent most of my life and all of my career kind of studying people. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it was time for me to become a parent, of course, I read a bunch of books. And oh, yeah. Reading because this was interesting to me. And I'd never been a parent before. So I wanted to learn as much as I could. And the advice I always give everybody before they have a baby is listen to all of the advice because people are going to tell you anyway and take from it what works for you. So that's what I always did. Um, And what I found is some of the things that I was doing very intentionally are actually very much like how you would coach. It's not a, I've always been a parent who tries to help my daughter understand how things happen or why, really why things happen. Mom, I want to do X, Y, Z. Well, we can't do that. And this is why. 
right. or have her kind of walk her way towards it. Well, you were probably like me as a young person when you would be like, why do I need to know this or why this or why that for somebody to say, because you're like, yeah. no, yeah, or when will I do this? No, that didn't work for me because I said so luckily in my home was not very common, mm-hmm. but it showed up every once in a while. I'm one of three children. And at some points that your parents are like, that's it. I can't, I can't right. answer any more questions. <laughs> I happen to have one child. So I have yeah. far more bandwidth to answer any and all questions. Oh, for real. But I was even like, even going through my MBA, I was like, why are we using financial calculators? The world's not using financial calculators. And they were like, cause you need to know, how all of this comes together. And I, that I just, the blinds went down. I was like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> yes. I, you need to give me the tools I need now or for tomorrow. Like, no, I'm no. So I've always struggled with that. And I, in many ways, I think that's along with my knack for communication makes me the teacher because I'm constantly wanting to justify and prove to people what I'm saying. And unfortunately, I think I wear my son out because I do that as a parent too. Lots of justification and reasons and why's. So I think sometimes having that bandwidth is healthy, but sometimes (laughs) I think my son's always like, Oh, take a break. (laughs) Talk to dad. But the, fa- the fact of the matter is that, you know, a lot of times it comes out to, I, I feel as though my daughter understands the world better. And I mean, she really is, and not to get into her life because she's her own person, mm-hmm. but um, she really is a, a deep thinker. And, yeah. and a lot of it comes from the, the sp- we try to give her as much space as we can. Our parenting style, I will be honest with you, is she gets as much freedom as she can handle. Oh, yeah. Um, Ours too. Yeah. And so if, you know, and occasionally, you know, there are some decisions that need to be made and we say, this is your decision to be made. And as she gets older, I mean, she's in high school now, as you know, as she gets older, she gets to make more and more choices, but that's actually very much like coaching. Oh yeah. The way that I approach coaching is you are a fully capable human being. Mm -hmm. You have everything you could possibly need to do what you need to do. The question is, how are you going to harness that? Right. And it's well, a new muscle for you. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not good at that. So let's, no. you know, let's work out. Like, no. Let's work that muscle up. No, I think that's fantastic. And I, I am sure you do this too, because, you know, you and your family love to travel mm-hmm. and, you know, I've, ne- we've never been that family. That's like, Hey, we want to go to Europe. Let's find out what we can do with our kid for two. And like, we just, you, we just take him and we yep. make him like, you know, everything's a lesson when you're a teacher. So for him too, but I just, I think that's so important to show them a life of discovery and curiosity and exploration and learning empathy for other people and and understanding differences in how they live. And I, they don't get that. I think a lot of people just take for granted that that's happening in schools and it's, it's not, I mean, it's important. And it doesn't, I think if anything, this pandemic, I've watched people like staycations and doing different things together as a family. You don't even sometimes have to leave your house to have that same level of exploration and wonder and conversations. Um, but yeah, I, that communication piece is really important, which I think is another reason I'm so passionate about people living a true authentic life, because that I think just helps you raise little true authentic people. Yeah. And I find myself looking at my son sometimes and I, I don't want to, I know, I don't want the answers to the test. Like I don't want to time to get away from me, but I constantly just wonder like, where are you going? 
Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that? Like, what's life going to be like? And I, I'm excited for him um, because I do. I think having that freedom and having that level of confidence, I think that's what the, mm-hmm. the, the giving them the choice and letting them face those consequences, because let's be honest, like neither of our children are, are making choices that the consequences are, you know, life altering at this point, <laughs> but it's still such an important test. Like it's just important to them um, to be able to do that. And I, I think that's why being comfortable with yourself, being vulnerable and just feeling like you're living on purpose is important when you're raising your family. So I just, I have to ask about that. Cause I was like, I wonder if you feel like your parenting is, it's, is it's different. My parenting has improved because um, just some of the skills that I've either learned or learned to trust a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's been interesting. And as, as you mentioned with the traveling, the reason that one of the reasons we do that is so that she can understand how to be out in the world, how other people do things. Look, mm-hmm. here we are, we're in a whole different country. They live their whole lives a different way than we do. Right. How cool is that? Like to appreciate the differences, to appreciate the unique nature of all of the people. And you can think that Mm -hmm. you can, that could be your goal, but until Mm -hmm. you're standing on a street corner in a foreign city and or any city and your son looks at you and says, why is that man laying there? Like, what is that? Like what? And you say, well, he's home. What do we have to get? Like, and then the, the conversations that come out of that and just to watch their faces and to like think through that situation with them. I mean, that you have to live that with those kids. They have to have those moments in life where they're there and they can hear it and they, all their senses are engaged and they, cause it's, you know, it's really super important. Um, and not to mention just the beauty in the world and the oh, yeah. fun you can have and those things, but it's just so important. I think um, it's truly one of the best gifts and we've stopped doing big, huge gifts and presents around mm-hmm. here on giving days because it's like, let's plan a trip. Like, where are we going yeah. next? So- <laughs> We're very much the same, very it's much about so- experiences and getting yes. out of the world. And we like to, I mean, yes, we like to go to places where uh, there are foreign countries where they speak English, but we do go to places where they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge learning opportunity for everybody. Like you're here and you don't know how this place works and you can't read all the signs. Right. You're literally a stranger in a strange land. And imagine what that's like for other people when that's well, their whole life. Yeah. I, yeah. The level of empathy and understanding mm-hmm. and, you know, because I, I try to tell my son this all the time in, in several years, a handful, really, I mean, in your lifetime, you will be in the minority as mm-hmm. a white male. <laughs> like, you really need to understand what that transformation is going to look like in society, how you can be a really important part of it, how you can support other people, how you can support that change. And yeah, going somewhere where you can't read the signs and you can't understand what people are trying to tell you and order food or whatever mm-hmm. else. I mean, that is yeah. so such a good experience. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we try to do. I mean, traveling is fun, but it's also about learning about other people and learning how to trust yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. since she was six years old, we go to an airport and like find the gate. (laughs) She could do it in French too. I was impressed. (laughs) You know, so uh, that, that's the kind of thing. And, and that actually, um, I feel like my passion for travel and my passion for coaching 
are are integrated, oh, uh, which makes sure. sense. I mean, they're both parts of me as one person, so of course they're integrated. But that's why I actually, what I realized is when I coach, I use a lot of travel language. Mm -hmm. It's a journey, right? Every time it's an individual journey. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to navigate through this. I mean, I don't do it on purpose. You're in foreign land. Exactly. (laughs) It's just how I speak. All right. So that there's, there's that kind of um, almost wilderness aspect that mm-hmm. a lot of people and find themselves in, at least at the beginning of coaching, like, where does this go? How do I, how do I do this? How do I figure this out? How do I navigate my path? Right. Um, and it's, it's interesting to watch people grow. That's what I love about it. The most is when people see things, understand things about themselves that they just, you know, they might not have seen otherwise mm-hmm. and to watch somebody change their own life is is the most exciting thing for me well I just had um an episode with Liesel Mertes she's an empathy coach she mm-hmm. does empathy training and she mentioned more than once like we are tribal people we are mm-hmm. social people we are not meant to exist without conversation and discover like we get all of that from other people and once you're comfortable with that with a coach or someone who's trained to have those conversations with you I can imagine conversations with other people as a result over time like developing that muscle and getting comfortable with that being comfortable with yourself but just how much it must enrich life you know, to be that way and to start having really good, meaningful conversations all throughout you know, all of your relationships or career or whatever that might be. So it's really, you're kind of teaching a skill too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why I will always have a coach. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, I think that, that self-improvement is a lifelong journey. So I will always have a coach. My husband happens to have one as well. So our, our um, conversations have gotten deeper and richer and just far more meaningful. And just in these last few years, and we've been married 20 years. It's not like we just met. Um, So it's, it's been interesting to, to grow together. That's that's still, I mean, like step back for a second, because you're not discussing couples therapy. You're discussing an investment in yourself to be a better version of you to be more present and just how that impacts the other person. And it would be fine if only one of you were doing it. There is an infinite list of things that I get excited about that Kevin could care less about and Mm -hmm. vice versa. But when you, and, but your husband has a pretty amazing gift and, and, you know, vocation as well. That's hundred percent focused on other people. And which again, might be another telltale sign of the fact that you both give to others to the point you need to get your bucket full and you need to have, you know, you can't lose yourself in these things. So the fact that you're both doing that individually and then how that strengthens your relationship, that is amazing. And I was, I'm, I'm having a whoa moment that the coach has a coach. Like that's so cool. Actually, most of the coaches I know have coaches. 
Well, I think um, some of the therapists I know have therapists, so that makes good yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Well, and the thing is, you we we are we're trained at and we're naturally gifted at providing that safe space. But sometimes you need somebody to do that for you because mm-hmm. I can coach around something all day long. I, I can't tell you how often I tell my coach this. I coach around this all day long, and you know <laughs> that I still need to work on it for myself. But it's just part of what it means to be a human. You know, everybody's got their own stuff. Everybody has a little voice in their head every once in a while that says, I'm not good enough. And, you know, you, it's nice to have somebody to talk to about that Mm -hmm. and realize you're not alone. You can totally overcome that. You can thrive on the other side of it. You can thrive even if the voice happens to be still talking to you. Right. You, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many possibilities. And so, yeah, I will always have a coach and some of the, some of the coaches that I know that have been at this for, I don't know, 15 years. And they're these just amazing humans Mm -hmm. and they say the same thing. I will always have a coach because that it's a lifelong journey of personal growth, personal learning who you are, learning how you are in the world, learning how to change because you know, when I, when I came out of college, I was lucky enough to have, have learned that everybody's going to have my generation and, and especially, and those that follow are going to have between five and seven careers. Yeah. So every time it was time to pivot, I didn't worry so much because I knew that was what was expected. And I I had that same thing. Well, just figure it out. And I always felt like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to take this chance because I have employable skills. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like I was never fearful of that. And which is hilarious because my dad raised me with that shaking his finger in my face. You know, you get one job with a good company. You take care of the company and the company will take care of you. Well, that's not, that was not the reality I stepped out into. No. Mm-mm. And, yeah, and there's some, <laughs> the minute they made those retirement programs of, uh, mobile, a 401k instead of a pension, people were, and I just saw some stats for this generation that we have now, this Gen Z, there are even more jobs. And part of it is not even them and their, you know, journey. It's how constant and quickly things are changing with technology and, you know, um, machine learning that they will be forced to pivot more than like even in the generation before them even. So I think it's a a phenomenal skill. I'm not sure it's one that these helicopter parents and the school system are necessarily developing in Mm -hmm. them, but they will figure it out because they're, you know, 50% of the world's population right now is under the age of 30. So they're going to have a lot of support (laughs) to navigate through this world. Yeah. Yeah, That resilience piece is going to be huge. And there is a way to parent for it and there is a way to teach for it, but you have to be really intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and some, some people are, and some people aren't, Well, that doesn't mean that you can't build resilience later. Oh, for sure. And you know, it's one thing to think like, I've listened to enough Brene Brown, read all of her books. I know, Mm -hmm. I know the important things like, Comparison is the thief of joy. And I know about courage and I know all of those things, but what this podcast and what I've opened myself up to in the last few years is that, and especially working with undergrads, I didn't really get it at the high school level, but working with undergrads and watching their level of failure and picking themselves up and dusting themselves off and developing that resistance or resilience, not resistance. There's plenty of that too, but the resilience 
is kind of like a grief or, you know, stress or anxiety. It's not what you have to compare to other people. It doesn't have to be any level of trauma or awful, you know, things compared to what other people are going through. It just has to test you. Mm -hmm. It has to test you. And I think that's the one thing that we have to give these young people some leeway on like that that has to test you and you have to come out the other side of that learning something about yourself and be stronger and I have not always had the patience and the empathy for that piece you know I again being a student to to teach these things and to have this podcast I do a ton of research and I'm sure you probably love it too you like you start reading something and you're like whoa okay let's read some more of this but I really have developed a better understanding that like each, each level of, you know, tripping or falling down or failing or success is so individualized compared to, you know, what we as a society want to put a label on something that we have to give everyone the grace to understand that's their journey and, you know, the support in that journey. You know, I can't tell somebody who's struggling with something. That's not a real struggle. You know, that's not my place to do that. Like, are you, are you struggling? Are you learning how, you know, what is your plan here? Let's figure that. Let's help you with that. No judgment. And I think that's one thing as society, we all need to, I've really sharpened that, that skill a lot, that level of understanding and empathy in the last few years. And I think that that's one thing we need to all do better. I, it's, it's just a constant thing I have to work on. Oh yeah. And I, part of that comes from again the way I was raised or just like having to be strong or you're the one in charge type, you know, mentality, but you really have to truly understand that everyone's journey is their own. And if somebody tells you they're struggling, that's their reality. Like help them with that. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I see these are the reasons it took me so long to to learn that that I would not be a good coach. <laughs> like some people just knew that already. I had to learn that. <laughs> Well, and it's it's interesting how well, as you say that it's interesting how um, how people see other people's journeys. We're not all on the same one. Mm-mm. We couldn't possibly be. Um, one of the things I've told my daughter since we were, she was teeny tiny is, well, everyone's different and isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Like if we all liked the same thing, it would be very boring. Right. There's there's a, a self development and an enrichment that comes in the you know you get knocked down you get you get pick you have to pick yourself up again, you know my my mom's favorite thing to say was if at first you don't succeed try try again mm-hmm. goes through my head to this day, get up try again this is not the end right so there's that there's that resilience piece there's the you can you know it, it it's not the end right. It's something to learn from. It's very much like we, I always say um, in school, you get the lesson and then the test, but in life you get the test and then the lesson. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. And I, when you say the, you know, try, try again, Mm -hmm. then in my mind, because I'm the other half of that is um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the Mm -hmm. definition of insanity. So before you try to your point, what did you learn? when you failed and then how will you, you know, adjust this time. And that's another skill. I don't, I'm not really hundred percent sure that we develop in other people very well or in ourselves, especially. Right. That critical thinking piece does seem to get lost. You know, how do I step back out of my emotion and out of my experience and look at it with like a broader lens to see 
how, how else could I approach this? Right. Um, and quite frankly, that's actually a lot of what I do with coaching. Well, how else could you look at that? What else, what else could that mean? Right. Okay. So I, this is just came to me. And again, if it's not a question you want to answer, you'd be like, that's dumb. Let's move on. Um, but <laughs> I often find when I'm dealing with young people in college, they're very focused on like, of course the what, but then they're always constantly in that comparison spiral. Like mm-hmm. other people, this, like this, my, my roommate got this, she's got an internship. She's this, maybe I should have this major. Cause this is what my boyfriend, like just always constantly bringing other people, other scenario, other things in. And I sometimes like, is that camouflage? Like what, what are you grasping at all of these other people's journeys for? And I think it's because they don't know themselves. And are, do you find that you have to get through a certain amount of that with people sometimes to be like, like you used to have to with your child. Like, we're not talking about other people. <laughs> I'm right. talking, I'm like, I'm not other people's mom. I'm your mom. You know, like, exactly. I feel like that is part of, and I say it like when your child was little, I still do that sometimes. But, you know, I think it's important that you, again, train people to be like, you're focused on this or you're focused on that. We need to look inward. Mm-hmm. It's still a process to get people to realize that. It is, it is. And and that that's a tricky part sometimes with coaching because people want to compare themselves to everybody else and they want to talk about what somebody else is doing. And coaching is not about the other people. Right. It's about how you feel. It's about how you're dealing with it. It's about you. This is, you know, and I say to people, this is your time. This is all about you. We can talk a little bit about how what somebody else is doing is you are allowing yourself to feel about that. Mm-hmm. Right. But the yeah, it's not your situation. It's your response to your situation. Exactly. Like. And the other thing that I, that I tell people a lot is some version of, you know, are you comparing your behind the scenes footage to somebody else's highlight reel? Oh, you yeah. are looking at, you know, they got that internship and they just launched this course and they just did this and they just look at all these wonderful things they're doing. Like you're looking at Instagram. Yes. Right. With filters. It's supposed <laughs> to be filtered and glossy and gorgeous. Right. You didn't see that gorgeous face. When you see that gorgeous family picture, look how beautiful they are. That picture does not show you the three kids screaming at each right. other, hitting each other both before and after. <laughs> or the parents that yelling was, at each other. Exactly. That was a moment in time. So right. Give yourself some grace. No and it's usually picture. blown up on a canvas in the middle of their house because it was such a rare moment in time. That, like, exactly. I wouldn't remember. Exactly. I, we have a wedding picture like that, that we laugh because in the moment we it looks adorable but it was raining we got left at the church like there's a whole story behind it which is why we love it but other people are like look how happy the two of you are and I'm like actually that was a day that was a moment where all kinds of just relief and you know hilarity was just oozing out of us but yeah that is so true that is such a good lesson that is so common I probably tell that to 90% of my clients at some Mm. point um, some version of that because, and it's perfectly normal to do. It's a human thing to do. We compare ourselves to other people. That's how we figure out how we fit in. Oh yeah. Well, and it's also how we try and grasp who we think we are. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that can be. And again, the more you get in touch with yourself and the more you realize things like I, I have no problem if somebody says like, oh, my boss is this, my boss is that, you know, and I'm like, well, if your boss is that bad, why don't you leave? Like, why don't you, why don't you, this, they just look at you like, 
well, no, yeah. <laughs> I think, well, then we're really not talking about boss or we're really, yeah. you know, we're really not talking about these things. And then I think sometimes, okay, I can't say that to people because they're not ready. They're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, is why I would not be a good coach. Cause I'm always looking at people like you need to get there. Come on, get there yourself. <laughs> And it, it's a process. It's a, it it's a step-by-step thing. Um, I, I'll, there's a beauty in tiny steps. And all. And I always say to people that huge changes come from really small steps. Yeah. Do one thing today that gets you closer to where you want to be. Do one thing for yourself. Do one thing. Because one thing is something that you can wrap your head around and something you can do now or right. today or this week, you know, depending on what it is that they're trying to do. Yeah. When you're looking at the end and going, I'm never going to get there. Well, you're, you can't walk from here to there in one step. You, right. you just can't do it. But if you are consistent with your action and you are consistent with how you were doing things, you can make huge changes. And that goes back to highlight reels. Cause a lot exactly. of people's highlight reels makes it look like they went from point A to point Z yeah. in like two steps. And that's, exactly. we know it's 26. And it was <laughs> 10 years worth of work. <laughs> You know, they're up at two in the morning, pulling their hair out, going, this is it. I don't want to do this. I'm right. Out. And then the next day they get up and they try again. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just, that is what it means to be human. And what I find is most people feel like it's just them. Mm-hmm. I'm the only oh, one who yeah. feels like this. I'm the only one who thinks this. I'm the only one who feels this. Nobody else ha- has ever had this happen. And I can tell you with a fairly high degree of certainty, like mm-hmm. 99%, that is not true. Yeah. Virtually everything you have ever said, thought, done, et cetera, somebody else has done. You're not alone. Right. It's what you're going to do with it. Exactly. It makes a and, difference for yourself. And the whole point, the biggest part of coaching for me is to make sure that people feel seen, heard, and understood. Mm-hmm. Which I get that vibe from, I've always gotten that vibe from you, which I think my son has too, because that's when I told him I was talking to you. He goes, oh, that's, I can see that. <laughs> like, I don't even know if he knows what a coach does, but he was like, no, I can see that. That is who you are at the heart of you. You've always been that way, um, which I think is fantastic. I love seeing people find their way and mm-hmm. find their place. But when your place and your way is to lift other people, that is even more exciting to me. Um, so I, I've already taken notes and have a lot of things that I'm excited about just talking to you. So if someone, and this goes back, like I have an, another good friend who I think could be a career coach for, he does career coaching, but he only does um, 16 to 18 year olds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there are plenty of adults out here right now who need this. And he's like, no, these, this is my why this is my, you know, sweet spot. This is where I want to be, which I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. But I think it's really important because you can't help everyone. No. Um, is there a way or do you have a preference, like the type of client? that you have, like, is it a demographic? Is it a different, like, is there someone you're looking for specifically in your coaching business? Or are you open to like everybody coming in and having that first session to figure out if you guys are a good fit? Like, how do you go about that? Um, I do have a specific group that I target, but I also coach lots of people outside Mm -hmm. of that group. Um, The group that I target are mainly women mainly um, mid-career, they are making some kind of a change. They are moving, they are changing career, they are leaving the workforce because they've had a child, they are entering, re-entering the workforce Mm -hmm. because they've had a child. Um, 
and or they are um, perfectionists or people pleasers. Ooh. That is a large portion of my, it's actually the perfectionist and the people pleasers that are a huge part of the people that I, yeah. that I uh, coach. There's some job because, security there. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be some sort of female rite of passage that we yeah. have fooled ourselves into thinking. Exactly. I can, I can be a perfect, I can make everybody happy. Mm. They're not to blame for that. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, we've been taught that. And yeah. that is, it is really, really common for women, especially to be living a life they've been told to want. Um, this is not a unique and, you know, uh, this is not a situation that has only presented itself in the last few years. Right. There was a reason that the mommies in the fifties had something called mommy's little helper. Right. <laughs> had no option. <laughs> right. Um, we have options. Yeah. And now what we're trying to do is have it all. Mm-hmm. And what's getting lost is the balance. Um, there's, there's a, there's the serving and the serving and the serving and the serving. And then there's the, the other side of that, which is what about me? Mm-hmm. When's it my time? There's a resentment, there's a guilt, there's, you know, all of that. that when well, you up. don't know how to build it any differently once you've got that foundation, like that exactly. is, that's fantastic. Yeah. And people so, want to make a change without, they're like, but I love my family. I, I want to make a change. I don't want to blow up my family. I don't when, want you to blow up your family either. Right. I don't think your family <laughs> wants you to blow up though. Exactly. <laughs> what we're talking about is how do we take care of you? Right. How do we set your, how, how do we set you up for success? What is your definition of success? Mm-hmm. How do we make this work for you? How it's do you find yourself again? I would, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, if someone were to contact you and I'll put your website and everything in the show notes, but if somebody were to contact you, is there like that first session of just kind of a consultative kind of yeah. a first yeah. chat kind of. What I do is I offer, um, I call it a, a discovery call. It's usually around 30 minutes. Sometimes they go as long as an hour. It depends on the person. And we just talk about, you know, what's going on in their life. What brought them to, to contact me maybe where they want, you know, what they want to get out of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them an idea of who I am. We kind of see how, how we might work together. And then they choose uh, whether or not it's a good fit. Um, it's a very casual conversation. I don't have a script or anything like that. Right. It's just a, just a, just a chat, you know, mm-hmm. how you doing? What brought you here? That kind of thing. Um, and that's something that people can schedule on my website. Awesome. I have my calendar up there. So it's always at their, um, at their convenience. So are there, um, I mean, I would hope everyone would just come to you, but if people are going, are there things to watch for when you are looking for a coach? I mean, obviously feeling like somebody's selling you something or it's too scripted or I've, oftentimes seen people where they can't get a word in edgewise because someone is working so hard to convince them. I mean, I'm sure all of those things matter, but is there advice you would give to someone who is like coach shopping? (laughs) Yes. Um, One is they, they need to, they should be talking less than you are. Your coach should be talking less than you are in a traditional hour long session. I probably speak for 10 minutes because it's not about me. Right. My job is to ask questions and make observations and help you get where you where you need to be. So if you can't get a word in edgewise or you're feeling like there's a hard sell um, and that doesn't feel good for you, 
then that's not the coach for you. Right. Um, I do. I personally put a fair amount of stock in those who coaches who have gone through some sort of training. Mm-hmm. They have got some sort of a, um, a certification, a credential of some kind. Um, there's the ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, has got a coach finder you can you can find. Oh, okay. In the area. Um, and those are people who have received ICF accredited. Um, training. Mm -hmm. So they know best practices. Um, The trick with coaching is that it is as of right now, an unregulated industry. So anybody can read a book and slap a shingle outside and call them themselves. That doesn't mean that you're going to get the same kind of coaching from them as you would somebody who's well-trained. Well, I think after today, I would ask, do you have a coach? (laughs) (laughs) What has coaching done for you? You know what I mean? Like I would ask that person about their journey too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you might, you might do that. Um, yeah. I've done that in the past when I've been interviewing coaches. So do you have a coach? Tell me about yeah. it. How did you get into this? Mm-hmm. Um, you should expect your coach to tell you a little bit about him or herself or their mm-hmm. self. Um, and, you know, just so that you can get a feel for if this is going to be a good match or not. Right. And, but, um, and again, I think we say this a lot and it sounds cliche, but you really have to trust your gut. You have to trust how you feel after that first initial conversation, because this is a person you have to be very vulnerable, mm-hmm. very open, very real with for a long, a long time, really, in order to get to the most, you know, to the best part of yourself. So, I mean, it seems like it would be easy, but it also, I find people aren't confident sometimes in that selection process. And they think, oh, this this seems like it's stressful, but it's probably what I need or, you know, those things. So I would think talking to more than one as you're shopping around um, would be important. Yeah. Usually a good idea to talk to more than one. And, and as to your point, do not discount, you know, your gut instinct. The trick is that the trusting of the gut instinct is something that has been kind of trained out of a lot of people. Yes. Um, But go ahead and just, sit and sit with it and think mm-hmm. because somebody who's trying to sell you on something likely doesn't have your best interest in heart at heart. But if somebody says, well, just, you know, give me, you know, take your time, let me know. Mm-hmm. And if this is a good fit, then, then this is how it'll go. Yeah. Um, and I'm, personally, that's how I do it because, and so of course that's why I think it's, it's a good way to go, but right. um, trust yourself. You, you have, you are trusting yourself to know that it's time to go look for a coach, trust yourself to know that you found the right one. Right. And if you work with a coach for a while and you get to the end of the line with that particular coach, that's okay. Yeah. You can go find another one. Now, you know more about yourself. You know more about what coaching is supposed to be um, or what it can be. And then you can go and and find another coach because maybe you want to work on a different part yeah. Of, of your life that somebody happens to specialize in. I mean, I will tell you that most anybody who has got a fair, de- a decent amount of training and a credential, we can, co- everybody can, we can coach anybody. Right. But it's because you're really thing. just on the journey. Like you're, exactly. you're the guide, you're not exactly. doing the work. So no. we, we are there to support you. And that's, that's why I got into coaching in the first place. I believe that everybody is here for a reason. Everybody has their own world changing work to do. And mine is to help people find theirs. Yeah. I love that. 
Okay. And then this one's touchy. So I'm going to have you talk in ballparks, but if I'm listening to this right now, I'm thinking I want to do this. Um, What is the resource investment time investment that I should expect? Um, I mean, I know there's coaching sessions, but then outside of that, Mm -hmm. and then also maybe what is that financial um, investment look like? And do you, I'm assuming since this is not regulated, this is not fall under, unfortunately, any kind of um, benefit that most companies offer or help with or do, you know, probably should be. But <laughs> so what just to help folks who aren't familiar with it know kind of realistically, maybe what they're looking at. And I know that all varies, but it, it does. It does. Um, so for in terms of a time commitment, usually um, a session is about an hour. Some people do half hour sessions. Most people do 50 minutes to an hour. Um, once actually, a week. Once, or... Usually once a week. Um, best practice is to meet with your coach once a week, once every other week, because it helps keep your momentum. You'll want to um, understand that outside of that hour-long session, you're likely going to have some insights or some actions that you're going to be taking between the sessions. A lot of the growth comes between the sessions. The sessions are for learning, understanding, self-awareness, and insight, and to set you up with a plan to take the action. Then you take the action, you come back the the next time, talk about what you learned, talk about how you want to pivot if you want to pivot, you know, and that kind of thing. So um, on a week-to-week basis, you should expect between an hour and an hour, I mean, between an hour and a half and maybe two hours between the session and the the action, depending on what you've decided you want to do, because it's always your choice. Right. Um, In terms of, we do not accept insurance. Coaches don't accept insurance because we're not medical professionals. We can't diagnose anything, so we can't take um, insurance. However, there are actually some companies now that are bringing in coaches to meet with people and they're meeting with people based on their job. Mm-hmm. But you are, as we talked before, you are one whole person. So right. sometimes you're going to be, it's okay to talk about your relationships mm-hmm. or something else that's coming up and not just your job, Right. but whatever is going on inside of you affects your job. So it's okay to talk about your job to right. talk about and vice versa, right? Yeah. These are all related. So exactly. Especially now where people are working from home and, you know, kind of feel like they're living at work. That's right. On one. Um, and in terms of monetary investment, um, it varies widely. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you have a coach at um, your office, your, your office will likely be paying for it. If you are paying on your own, you should expect to spend anywhere between like a hundred, 125 to maybe $200 an hour. Okay. Most coaches, um, depending on the coach and what they coach on everything. Um, most coaches have some sort of a package Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty rare that you'll find somebody who actually charges you hour by hour. They'll charge you for a package of, you know, three months or six mm-hmm. months or whatever it is. Um, usually you have some kind of an option there. Yeah. Um, talk to your coach, talk to the people that you're interviewing. They'll tell you what they've got. Um, best well, practice and- is usually one or two packages. So you don't have too much you have to choose from. Right. But it also needs to be lengthy. Because you need to sign yeah. on with the yeah. expectation that this is not a short term. Right. right. 
Right. And it is because again, it's those small steps, like Mm -hmm. that first day or that second day, you're going to make, you're going to feel fantastic. Let me tell you after your first and second session, you feel fantastic, but to make that long-term change it just takes time. Yeah. It It doesn't have to take six years, but it doesn't take six days. Right. Well, I think it's in, if you really are intentional and you're there for the right reasons and you have the work ethic and the focus, Mm -hmm. I think it's probably one of those things. If you talk to somebody six months into their coaching, Mm -hmm. they'd say, this is priceless or this is worth every penny. Or if somebody would ask me afterwards how much I would pay, it's I'm getting a bargain. But that initial, because again, when you're out there kind of poking around on this and you're not sure you're worth it, to make a, the investment of the time, which we all feel like we don't have enough, and the investment of the finances it is another excuse if you let it be. So I'm, I appreciate you answering that because I think it's really important that people come in eyes wide open as to the time and the finance and the resources, the, the mental um, focus and things that it's going to take to make a change and to make sure you're ready. Absolutely. And don't be, don't be concerned if you get on a coach's website and they don't have prices. Oh no. Yeah. That for a reason. Oh, for sure. The reason is they want you to make sure that you are a good fit with that coach before you talk about price. Right. If you're not a good fit with the coach, then there's no need. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really more of a, and yes, this is a career and yes, these people are paid. We are paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really more about the client than it is about the coach. So, oh, for sure. You know, finding that good fit coach is super important. Mm-hmm. This was so fantastic. I knew it would be, I knew it would be. So I appreciate your time. Um, I will make sure everyone knows your website. Um, I'll put your LinkedIn up there, but yeah, there's, and I have, I do have a a Facebook page that I'll, I'll send you. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram. Perfect. Um, So I'll, I'll just send you the links for that, but thank you. Okay. Was that not fantastic? I took notes. I learned so much about all of these differences and really felt validated in terms of like the general struggle that everyone is going through and how important it is to have a guide on this journey. You don't leave your house to go on a trip without all of your navigational equipment, i.e. your cell phone, I guess. But think about why are we doing life without some sort of a journey? So this was really impactful for me. And I truly hope that it was for you too. Everything about getting hold of Cheryl Burke is in the show notes, including the link to the um, ICF coach finder. And hopefully this is the motivation that you need to look into this if it's something that you think would be beneficial. So thank you very much for tuning into this conversation. I want you to go out and have a great week. Thank you.